Welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. This is your host, George Muniz Gund. Today, I have another guest uh, back on the podcast. Uh, you might remember them from episode 40, um, X. X is a journal, a freelance journalist in London. Um, they also have a master in digital culture and society at King's College London. Um, so, you know, I know, you know, there are a lot of, not that these titles should necessarily matter, but, you know, there are a lot of people, and we're going to get into this, but for a lot of people, they do matter. So, you know, I'm spelling them out. Um, and, um, anyways, so we're going to talk today about ableism in the journalism field. Uh, particularly, there's been an article, well, Many articles like this have surfaced recently, but there was one recently um, <clears throat> that came out in the UK. It was written by Dominic Lawson, um, and from it was with the uh, on the Times, uh, and it says, "I'm sorry, but all this ADHD doesn't add up." And basically, this is the same narrative that a lot of these old school ableist um, reporters have been, um, going off on, which is they call the increase in ADHD and autism diagnosis a hype trend, and they think it's just for, um, social media clout or whatever, and some are even audacious to say that, um, neurodivergent people are, like, becoming getting an advantage at the, in the job market because it's trendy or whatever and it's like that's such the like that's such an opposite of what the reality is you know um and articles like this you know they do even more harm so um and you know they're just it's just completely blatantly ignoring how the fact that society's ableist views on this stuff have caused so so many people to go undiagnosed their whole lives and not get the support that they needed. Um, so anyways, um, without further ado, um, here is X to talk about their perspective on all this. Right. Um, so with that, starting off with that article in particular, um, some of what was written was that it's a lot of these diagnoses are happening, well, one, his point was to celebrities. Um, very quickly, I will just put that out of the way by saying a lot of celebrities are actually neurodivergent. It's what makes them good at being celebrities. They found an environment that works for them that is task-oriented, is creative, and have other people organize things for them. I'm not surprised most of them have ADHD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they also are have the privilege of now getting diagnosed because they actually have funding. Because articles like this keep governments in, you know, when in all these articles as a, like a whole, make it seem like it's useless, like ADHD or autism are a trend, and people do take it less seriously. So if the critique from that article being that celebrities are causing a trend by saying they're neurodivergent, one, they probably are, two, they can be diagnosed because they have money, three, other people are probably not going to get diagnosed, even mm -hmm. within the UK where we have the NHS, because there's either not enough general practitioners or they don't know enough. So that's enough with the article. It's bullshit. Yeah. To, be, to be polite, it's BS. Yeah, it is complete BS. Yeah. So of those points, we dealt with that. 
mm-hmm. um, about in like in um, articles about digital media and the rise of digital media and increased testing of eight people who are neurodivergent. Um, I'm just going to quickly read out. So here are some symptoms of what people of like technically attention deficit hyperactive disorder are. So what we know about why it is what it actually is, is that the dopamine receptors in say like I have ADHD, my brain don't work properly um, or just differently, whether that's because the receptors require too much stimulation or because I have too many dopamine transporters that take the dopamine away. They're still kind of figuring that out. The point being that all that dopamine affects chemicals that are manufactured and released and reloaded at the level of neurological synapses, which means that the networks that go like this part of the brain do this and this part of the brain do this don't always work when and how they should. So lots of, from that, you get a lot of creative problem solving, different ways of thinking, lots of artists, lots of actors, lots of writers, lots of, you know, all of that. So that makes sense. Um, and there's, you know, other not so fun symptoms, like having difficulty socializing because other people see them as being, as interrupting when actually everything seems very slow, stuff like that, having, forgetting items, um, anxiety, depression are not necessarily caused by ADHD, but are caused by being someone with ADHD in an ablest world. Yeah, exactly. Or so here are some of the symptoms that people talk about when they discuss digital burnout. Mental fatigue, anxiety, depression, difficulty organizing and switching tasks, also like ADHD. Difficulty memorizing things, also ADHD. Feeling like they don't know how to speak to people because they don't speak at all. Also sounds a bit like ADHD. You know, um, all sorts of things like that. Difficulty um, figuring out what information is important when. Um so there is a lot to be said, I think, about sort of commonalities between, say, digital burnout and what I, for example, experience with ADHD. And the reason for that is, I think, finally, uh, neurotypical people now know what it's like to have information come in at you at all times and not know how to deal with it yeah. without manually in your head doing it. Yeah. I'm, I think that's my theory. Because the way people describe digital burnout to me sounds like my everyday life since I was born that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that as well. It's either you're just so interested in something, people tell me that I forget what time is. I'm like, yep, yeah, been there. Um, I, you know, just can't focus on anything anymore because I'm thinking about too many things at once because I read this thing and then I jump from this browser to this browser to this browser. Even before the, I knew what the internet was because I was born in 1995. That's what my head was like. Yeah, I, I definitely relate to like a lot of that, like having so many things at the same time, like especially with the, the tabs open, like on my computer, uh, I'll be looking at something and then I'm like, oh, wait, I want to look at this. I want to check that. I want to check that. Uh, and, and then I'm like doing all these different things and then all of a sudden I have five tabs open and, um, yeah, we don't even need a computer for that. We can just be sitting in an empty room. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Just with thoughts <laughs> and rumination. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, and the anxiety that causes with, you know, not being able to turn it off, being in a world that's constantly expecting you to react to everything isn't itself traumatic. So people are right, even if they don't have ADHD. 
they're having trouble adjusting to a world that is expecting them to produce things at a rate that no human should ever have to do. We're at like the late stage of capitalism. Of course, you're going to be depressed. We have more information than ever, and you feel less connected because no one can seem to figure out what information is actually true on a grand scale. Like, it's very stressful. Yeah. But it's not caused necessarily by the internet it's caused by the fact that it's exacerbating human problems and the way that we talk about information as people yeah. at a rate that we've never seen before that's the difference we can talk about screen time what it does with your eyes i'm not very good at like explaining that and that's not my field so that might be a different discussion but the, if you're talking just about information from the internet the fact that everyone doesn't know what is true sometimes or what is, you have to figure that out for yourself. Some systems don't work for you. You can't trust certain things anymore. Very similar to growing up as a neurodivergent person in the world where most of the established systems actually don't work for you. Yeah, it's true. Which doesn't make us conspiracy theorists, by the way. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't point out and go, well, then everything else is wrong with everyone else. In fact, right now what I'm doing is I'm pointing out I can understand why you're upset. Yeah, yeah. Or why you're looking at this and saying it's causing ADHD. It's not, but I can mm -hmm. see why you would think that. Yeah, no, I can see why they would think that. It's just the wrong way of, of looking at it. It's a, um... It's unhelpful, and it, it kind of hits on the point that if your brain were to naturally be kind of as though it was on the internet all the time mm -hmm. and have trouble filtering like ours do, you would then be stressed out and need breaks and feel depressed and feel like you're not good enough and all of these things that now everyone else is like, I wonder why I'm feeling this way. I haven't really felt this way since the internet happened, before the internet happened. Well, then, and then they're saying, well, neurodivergence, though, they're not as important. Their needs aren't as important. Like, actually, what you're describing right now is exactly what we're experiencing. Yeah. We have tips. We can help you. Yes, we can help if you. We, if we can work together, we can make it better for everybody. Like, this isn't yeah. easy for everyone. Yeah. And instead they're going, but why doesn't it work for me? Because like, it wasn't meant to work for you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to work for you. Yeah. And that's something that is deeply sad, and in some ways traumatic, growing up as a neurodivergent kid, you're like, this world was just not, it's not really built for anyone, but it's definitely not built for me. Yeah. That, I relate to that. Like, it doesn't, I felt even before I knew that I was neurodivergent, I could sense that it was, this world is not for me. What, what is, um, I've heard uh, people say, I'm not sure, I, I quite relate to this metaphor exactly, but it felt like everyone else had a handbook. That they were given. Is yeah, that... no, I've, I've, uh, exactly. In terms of like, especially in terms of social interactions and stuff, uh, like at school from an early age, it's like everyone kind of knows how to do it, like making friends. Um, everyone would just, it's like they do, it's like they have this manual. It's like they know exactly like what to say and how to interact. And, and then, you know, they make all these friends. And I observe this even with my sister. Um, she's younger than me, but, you know, I, I observed her going through her, her early school years and everything. And um, 
you know, she would, she also had a lot of ease. But I remember as I was going through school, I know, I always noticed that, like, how, how is it so easy for everyone else? And I have such a hard, it's like, I don't, I didn't get the memo. I didn't get this book. I, I don't know, like, what I'm doing, I'm trying to navigate, like, without a script. Um, and it's like, everyone else has the script. I don't have the script. Um, there was... Or it's also the another metaphor that um, my therapist used a few years ago that was also really helpful um, was it's like a different language. Um, it's like they're speaking. It's like there's the neurotypical language and then there's the neurodivergent language or the autistic language and and there was a clear. Um, in my case, it was the autistic language and probably ADHD as well, but not diagnosed. Um, and yeah, it was just that disconnect, and then there the other group's unwillingness to uh, work together and and understand each other, and it's it's mostly um, it's them them you know looking at the the neurodivergent style as wrong, um, and that needs to be corrected, and I think that's what causes a lot of it it causes it to backfire the other way you know the reason why a lot of neurodivergent folks don't like neurotypicals a lot is because neurotypicals have been very unkind to us throughout our lives so there's a lot of or, trauma or the uh, what can happen is concrete example someone asks You just meet somebody. That person starts asking you a lot of questions about yourself, things you probably wouldn't tell other people, things like that. Um, for some people, that may be off-putting, but some people are manipulative. They want to know more information about you because they want to use it against you, stuff like that. I can tell the difference, but when I meet someone else with ADHD, us going, oh, I want none of the small talk stuff. We're just going to get into the nitty-gritty of what, like, what we're interested in and who we are and where we come from. And then mm -hmm. we can decide whether we like each other, right? But to someone who has no idea what that is, it's understandable that they'd be scared of that. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so we can adjust that also, right? That's the yeah. thing we can adjust. Yeah. But for them to then assume, quite even though it might have been from previous experience and it's just triggering to them, that all people are then thinking in ableist ways or all of them are interacting in ways that are manipulative or ill-intentioned, it can be quite hurtful. Mm -hmm. And it's the same, it, going back to the whole like articles about, well, the reason that more people are getting um, diagnosed is because of trends, because of capitalism, it's, it's essentially. Um, and I'll get to that point later because goodness knows we've neurodivergence have been taken advantage of by capitalism since goodness knows when. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, like almost any musician you can name almost mm. probably has some form of neurodivergence. Oh yeah. I can't. It's or there's certain actors, certain artists. Van Gogh was probably autistic and ADHD. Probably also had some other issues going on too, based on what he what drugs he was taking. But you can like if mm -hmm. you look at certain artists in perspective, like yeah, yeah, it, I think that like, makes sense. <laughs> innovators and you know like all you know like well, um, like JFK for example had ADHD. It's one of my mm -hmm. favorite fun facts. 
um, at one point, because he was taking some sort of medication. He was, there were notes at like a White House meeting. It was like an internal meeting. So it was just him and the people that, you know, he does hold like the staff. And he hadn't taken his medication and he fidgeted so much during that meeting that his chair collapsed. Wow. I just love that fact. It makes this so funny. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, wow, it's, it's I stuff that. like that. Yeah. Um, or was it, I think, was it Edison? I forget which one. It was It was one of those innovators where the teacher took him back to her mom, mm. to his mom, and went, we can't teach this child. And the mom looked at, at, at the t- teacher and went, you are missing out on an like, insane opportunity. You just don't know how to teach this kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the yeah. fact that I can't quite remember, it's it's either like Edison or one of those people. Yeah. I think it's Edison. <laughs> Most likely. It could probably. Yeah. And ended up being a genius. Yeah. Um, goodness knows capitalism has gone off with lights. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But that kind of, it also sells articles. <laughs> Mm-hmm, exactly. Being against or for or trivializing them as a discussion mm-hmm. is journalistically unsafe. Yeah. It's not technically journalism, it's gossip. Yeah, So true. a lot of journalism can be, which is for the purposes of this discussion, um, like mental health without consulting either proper doctors or lived experience people probably both, but specifically lived experience people mm-hmm. and making a judgment about digital culture trends, um, influencers and ADHD without delving into how certain, sure, cer- certain influencers might be saying they have ADHD because they've noticed that there's an increase of people who are coming out as having ADHD and they want to appeal to mm-hmm. them as a market. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so Sure, there's there's an article somewhere in that, right? Yeah. Like, what is it? Maybe these people also have ADHD, but they're just undiagnosed and they're trying to connect, but only know how to do so in the language of capitalism. Also a really interesting social conversation, right? Yeah. All of these, there's so many different ways you could look at this, like what this this journal, this quote-unquote journalist was writing, and it, or it's, he could have written. And instead he went with, is it just a, like a trend? It's it's just such ridiculous and basic language. Yeah, it's when there's so much, so many more interesting things to discuss there. Exactly. You could go into why do why does it seem like TikTok has brought up this conversation more than any other app? You could go into how it's basically a dopamine dopamine machine. Mm-hmm. You could go into then behind what is causing the dopamine machine. That's a whole separate different conversation. Like. What are, what are the nefarious data? And some people, a lot of people have written articles about this, the data grabbing, the attention seeking, how they've perfected it in a way that appeals to people with ADHD, right? Yeah. Also, how some people are using misinformation to get views. Some people, a lot of people with ADHD love the short form version of TikTok and find it really helpful to connect to other people. So much more going on than celebrities have ADHD and now it's a trend, blah. <laughs> Yeah. How boring is that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's boring and it's it's like flat. It's not getting it's, and it's ignoring and it just feels like it's because it's you you know not talking about you know all the other stuff and it's not um really breaking down what ADHD actually is and it's just my sense is this person doesn't know what it is. No, they don't. Really. 
Yeah. I, I imagine I don't know who this person is. I haven't looked them up. My I my 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 I could be completely wrong. Um and I hate saying that on a podcast, I should have looked this up. Um I have a think he might be older, probably has no idea. Oh, yeah. Trying to get a byline on something that seems more relevant. Dominic that would Lawson. Be my guess. I could be I could be completely wrong. <laughs> Dominic Lawson, I think is is him, uh, yeah. his name, yeah. Let me just in real time let's look him up right yeah. now. Let's look him up. <laughs> Dominic Lawson. British oh yeah, so he's so he's sixty six years old. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, doesn't surprise me. It's also like I could tell because of the language that he was using he said like uh must have um mental illness or something. Like he's using very patho- pathological um yeah i'm just looking at some of the some of the stories that like the bylines for some of the stories where he's written so if i'm gonna let's say i decide there is a trend here right facetiously the way mm-hmm. he has um what if his things three days ago um which was the 19th i believe no yeah the 19th of february 2023 why does drax the tree destroyer get eco cash I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? It's a wood burning power company that has friends in all the right places. But what kind of like eco cash? What is all of this? It's a bit confusing. Um, yeah. And when he, in in the actual articles, I'm just looking over it right now about ADHD. He doesn't really go into what it is. It's more just about how it's for attention. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, I, he probably has. What is the worst? Yeah. My question is, say he's right. Let's go on this little wormhole. Let's say he's right. What is the worst thing that is going to happen if this is all for attention? Is it bad that ADHD is getting more attention? It, I, maybe it's bad to him. That just shows like he doesn't he doesn't like that. He's uncomfortable with that for some reason. Or and... that the NHS might be overloaded with ADHD, unnecessary ADHD diagnoses. Well, then maybe that should put into perspective that the Tory government that's currently in the UK is not giving the NHS enough funding. Maybe, maybe yes. that could be another issue rather yeah. than the fact that people are trying to figure out what's going on in their brains. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's so many different ways to rephrase this, and instead it's this. And, you know, people who are going to read things like that are going to read things like that. But for someone who's, you know, growing up in a family that may read articles like this or read The Times, whose parents might have ADHD and they don't know, and this person has ADHD. To grow up with that kind of thing going around you, you just start on a personal level invalidating yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Just outside of the societal impact it has on how people regard it, think about that person who's reading this and going, oh, this is all made up. Exactly. And then it invalidates their whole, and then, you know, they're just going to think that they're broken or whatever. And they're, you know, they're never going to just really figure out, oh, wait, it, it is, I do have ADHD and this is how my brain works and I don't need to blame myself for Yeah, for and say they don't have ADHD but still get diagnosed, right? Mm-hmm. Worst it's going to do, someone's going to give them some medication and they're going to feel like they're on speed for a little bit. Like, a lot of people who are not, who don't have ADHD are taking it anyway, and that seems to be kind of okay with people because they get good grades. 
Yeah. Mm. It's completely normalized in order to get into an Ivy League school that people have, like, um, Ritalin dealers. Ah, uh, I see, yeah. Things like that. Mm -hmm. It's obviously frowned upon, but it's completely understood that that's what happens. Yeah. Um, and some of the other behavioral kind of techniques that help people with ADHD might also just help ADHD. Like, people who are neurotypical. Mm -hmm. This is the point that we were talking about earlier, right? What's the worst-case scenario if somehow everyone has ADHD? They don't, but if mm -hmm. more people have ADHD. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's... I guess it's... It, like you said, it would overwhelm the... Potentially overwhelm the health system, but that means that the health system needs, needs to be better funded. Yeah, so what what are we actually threatening here, really? The underfunding of the health system. So we're, we're yeah, so in the case of the Tory government and this argument, we are um, basically scaring them because they are laundering money into other things in their own offshore accounts, yes. just like the Russian government is, by the way. And... Um, have decided to not take care of the people that they say that they're trying to take care of, even though they're defunding a lot of the NHS. Mm, yeah. yeah. I don't see how that's an us problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not an us problem. Yeah. <laughs> if it's affecting us, it's going to affect everyone else at some point. We're just the people, as any, any kind of community that's been put down, we are going mm -hmm. to feel the harshness of any reality first. Yeah. If no, we're feeling true. the pinch now, so is everyone else. Mm -hmm. If you don't like the canary in the coal mine that's saying, you don't kill it and ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Don't be, you don't go, oh, it's, we just don't like it, so if we ignore it, we won't just all get gassed. It's, it's, it's that sort of principle. I'm yeah. simplifying it, but it is. It is. It's true. So even if this journalist is trying to do what he can, if he, even if it isn't just like a byline, he is genuinely concerned that it's going to be a trend, you need to be able to talk about it in a way that considers all the other factors or at least then say this is about this specific thing, not about ADHD as a whole. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, he's or trying to... Or trivialize the fact yeah. that celebrities have it. I get celebrities are very privileged people. A mm -hmm. lot of them just happen to be neurodivergent because that's what we find acceptable when they're good looking mm, yeah <laughs> and make lots of money for different people then True. they're allowed to be a bit weird then they're and allowed off topic and bizarre yeah. in interviews yeah they make great clips and memes mm -hmm. and reaction vids like yeah it's true i've noticed that you know like me i mean still early in my career but being an actor and then i think also you know this is why i related a lot to what you were saying earlier about people like artists tending to be neurodivergent or neurodivergent people tending to want to become artists mm -hmm. um i i definitely felt that like i think being neurodivergent did fuel my passion for wanting to be an actor and like express myself and i think it was a lot to do at least for me personally with um feeling like I didn't, maybe I felt like I didn't get the chance to express myself a lot in other situations. So when I was like on stage or whatever, I got to express myself and, you know. And you get to do that in like a way that you get to prepare for it. So in your case, you like to prepare for the social interaction. Mm -hmm. You have rules. 
you get to do this. Yes. You get to see when it ends. Yeah. You get to go away from it when you practice to take breaks, like stuff yeah. like that. Exactly. Right? Yes, and and also the dopamine rush of being on stage. I I used to dance all the yeah. time. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is a rush. It is a rush. Yeah, and so yeah, like that's what really propelled me into this, and then. Um, you know, now that I'm like starting out like auditioning and stuff and I am figuring out that the acting world is still very ableist and it's like a lot of like particularly with audition stuff like and I just I hadn't really realized this at first but basically so when you submit a self-tape audition um, you do like a there's what they call the slate video which is like maybe and then there's the actual audition and so the slate, I always understood it as, you know, what it literally asks you to do, which is say your name, location, height, whatever. And then I would do that. And then I would do the audition. And I would only really bring my life in, you know, the life of the character in the audition. But I wouldn't, the slate, I never thought of it as needing to be like this upbeat, yeah, cheery. I, you might not. I didn't. I was literally like, okay, I'm, this is my slate. And so there was one time, like, my agent, um, she asked me to send, me to send her, because she had sent me up to this commercial audition, and I had to self-submit, so she asked to see my video, like, the slate and the video before I submitted it, and, um, she liked the audition, but she said, I remember her saying that the slate was terrible because I didn't, I looked like I didn't, uh, have any fun in life. That I wasn't fun to be around. And I was like, that was so... I remember I was so triggered by that. I was like... Like, I don't... I don't... That was like... I'm not trying to laugh at you. I just think that phrase is hilarious. That was just... I... I was oh, I'm like, so sorry. <laughs> what are you talking? Like, how do you know? Like, how can you assume? Like, that is like, that felt like blatant. And probably, I know it was unintentional, but know, it. But you were like, I do have fun in life. I do have fun in life. And how do, how, how dare this woman doesn't, she doesn't <laughs> even know me personally. Like, we haven't met in person. And she's like you know, telling me how can you assume and that's what's so wrong with this, like what I really don't like about the acting industry is about you're making assumptions. Well that's the entire industry, unfortunately yeah. I'm not saying it's right. But a lot of it is, you know, it's it's that way. <laughs> mhm. Mm and it's just so it's really frustrating and um but then I started realizing, you know, that's because I started like writing my own um, script for my own little project. Mm. And, you know, when I have more control, I noticed that like, and I even I happen to have a few neurodivergent actor friends. And, you know, they're, um, you know, I'm planning to record this little short film, do this little short film project with them. And like, their enthusiasm is like, it's so different. Like I try to get my neurotypical friends involved in this and it's like, they, they're like, Oh, but cause I'm kind of like building it all along the way. I have the script, but like I'm figuring things out also as I go. And I feel like that's a very neurodivergent way of doing things. Um, yeah. Whereas some and, people, sorry to cut you off. I've heard, I mean, I, I, I'm not, if I know the person neurodivergent, I'm more likely to go along with it. Mm -hmm. However, I remember, getting burned a lot by a, 
neurotypical seemingly neurotypical people because they oh I have a project and I'd get excited about it mm-hmm. and so I'd go all yeah. the and then they're like oh yeah it was just an idea though they're only like half committed to it and mm-hmm. I'd be like so you I can understand why the neurotypicals are wary because that's what they get from everyone else whereas to this day if I if I have reason to trust that you like me are going to choose to do something and go 100 percent or like come back and still finish it I have think projects with friends that they know we're not actively working on it we're but we are going to do it at some point. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a like head in the cloud sort of way. Like we have things written down. We have things. We just now have other stuff in our lives going on. And then we want to come back to it when we have more time. Yeah. That could be in two years. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But we are going to do it. Versus you say that someone's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you'll finish that. That's sarcasm, mm-hmm. by the way, just in case. I, I realize that totally that might be confusing to people. No, I know. In, sar- in, sarcasm to- in a, sarcast- a sarcastic tone, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, of course you're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know. They don't... It's hard to get them to see the vision, and it's like they want... I mean, I have this one problem, like, uh, my friends, like, two of my neurotypical actor friends... They're like, oh, no, but what's the purpose? And ever, and I'm trying to, t- I'm telling them, like, what I see the purpose as, as of now. But, you know, we're trying to build and, like, we're trying, like, so we're doing what we call histories, which is, like, these little, they're, like, these little scenes that build towards the, the script. And, you know, my neuro, and so the neurodivergent friends are like, that's that's a really good way for us to work. And, you know what, let's do the histories and then, will build from those. And then especially if you don't have a lot of writing experience, it, it's helpful to build the characters in that way and then that'll help. And um, and then, you know, like I, I was talking to that with my neurotypical friend and they can't, they wouldn't, uh, they weren't understanding the concept. They were like, they, what's the angle? But it's like, oh, but before we invest all these times and histories and, oh, I want to, like they want to know they want to have everything done, but like before, it's just they were, they see it a different way. So there's a disconnect yeah. there, and it's like. And I can understand why, but I'm also with you. Like, I usually when I'm writing, sorry, you finish and then I'll explain. <laughs> no, no, it's, um, I guess that's, that's pretty much what I was going to say, but it's like, I've noticed that it's like, so along uh, around the same topic of like creating our own and like making it work our own way and it, it just feels so freeing to like be in charge not only of the the script and the direction of the the story but also like the whole project and like okay we're gonna do this here and here and then we're gonna and I can like you know give myself breaks and you know know that it's like when I'm on set like I'm I can manage, I can tailor this in a way that it's going to not stress me out too much. Whereas I thought... Without, without the like retribution of people around you going, oh, you shouldn't be doing it like that. Mm-hmm, exactly. Or with, because... or with that like weird performance anxiety of someone's constantly watching you. like Yeah. Even if you're doing a good job going, like, oh, but you shouldn't have done mm-hmm. it like that. Even though you still did a good job. Yeah. Like, well, obviously I did. Yeah, it's like... It takes away so much mental energy to be mm-hmm. putting into the thing that you actually love. Exactly, exactly. Even doing well. Because Sometimes it, being monitored actually makes you perform worse. Exactly, because <laughs> you're worried about this whole structure and stuff. And so that's why I've been hesitant to join like neurotypical um, projects that don't have a lot of, ne- that don't have openly neurodivergent people in them. Um, because 
it's like I I feel like I'm gonna be you know I don't like it because it's been like already my whole life when I'm not in it'll feel like I'm not in charge like I'm being I I don't have as much like what I like so much about acting which is be a, being able to express myself I feel like in those kind of environments I don't I'm not really able to express myself fully. I do feel a little constrained, like you said, because of the expectations. And, like, also I worry about, you know, some of these shoots are, like, they can be 8 to 12 hours just to do a few scenes. And I'm like, I can get overstimulated. And if I'm on a neurotypical lead set, I don't know if they'll really understand. I don't. I won't feel understood and supported if I ask for a break. And the thing is, that's which is good for you, right? And not to say that you're not saying this, but just in case someone's listening and misunderstands. Um, obviously, when you're in a team and you have a common goal, you can't always be in control of everything. I'm sure that's what you meant. Yeah. I can just, I can hear someone hearing this and going, but if you're an actor, you're part of a team. This is not what you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Point is that if you're trying to get something across or you're expressing something for yourself or from your point of view, then it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. rather than like being part of a team that has its, its own thing also about the lighting there are smart like there's certain things that need bright lighting there's certain ways you can accommodate that for yourself and then there's also smarter ways to light things yeah that haven't been explored because there's not a lot of even though there's a lot of neurodivergent people in lighting also i'm mm-hmm. gonna say <laughs> yeah it's just like i feel like um the people that it's it's like it's a team it's like it feels like a lot of the, in a lot of these cases um it's a team until it's a team but it's like a neurotypically biased team because and not intentionally but just because there's not a lot of awareness and understanding it's like if i tell someone i'm overstimulated they don't really they're not going to understand what overstimulated means. And so it's going to be like, they won't, it's, it's like, even if they are, they want to understand me, it's like they won't. And then it's like, if, if there's no one else that can kind of relate to the same experience and, and kind of help explain, it feels like it's one person, you know, against, not really against, but like, you know, trying to, convey this idea to several others yeah Yeah. instead of you know and there's i I, you're completely right and what i'm going to say is with journalism with all expressing yourself one of the reasons i started writing from very young age is that i have lots and lots of thoughts and i talk a lot and even though i try to be coherent i have been told i am obtuse or vague when i speak occasionally because i go through things very quickly and they seem to connect to me um and it's not that i don't i'm not aware that the other person might not connect to it it's that i expect them to ask me Mm. yeah instead of them assuming that i think they're an idiot which i don't (laughs) right um and obviously some people won't and i try to adjust to that when i can writing however helps because not only can I put down the thoughts that are constantly moving, I can then rearrange them. Yeah, I like that about writing too. Mm-hmm. So, and journalism was something I just kind of fell into and I'd like to do a lot more written journalism than I do at the moment. Um, at the moment it's more just 
Ukraine stuff um, and like information and copy editing for Ukrainians and stuff like that. It's more technical. Um, part of I remember writing things and people going, "Oh, that I understand this now. This makes sense." Is because I take something that I I either completely understand or I want to know how it works. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I break it down into something that makes sense to me. And then by extension, I explain it to you. Oh, I see. Um, which, is what, which is what it kind of should be investigative journalism, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it is also like when it comes to explaining my needs to neurotypicals, I think I have been able to find ways to like phrase it in a way that they could relate to more like with sensory overload um i could say like when it's a really loud sound and it's like throwing me into overload like i could say it's like being stabbed in the eardrums or something yeah. it's like i don't know this is the thing that we and this is what makes us good at you, you the point is expressing yourself mm-hmm. so much so many of us go in and find interesting ways or ways that oh, it's a really fascinating way to express yourself because we're trying so many different ways or so many different words or so many different sound experiments or so many different acting ways or whatever it is filming techniques color lighting sound recording all of these different ways that we're trying to convey exactly what we're trying to say the texture of what we're trying to say the lighting of what we're trying or feeling because one thing doesn't just do it yeah and so we, that's where you get a lot of any, anyone who's artistically inclined or has this need, not necessarily because they think they're an artist, but because you're just like, I need to express something and you guys aren't getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it, eventually the best artists, they kind of go, I don't care anymore. And then they start really making, producing wonderful, wonderful things. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to say that everyone should become an extravagant avant-garde artist because some of them are really pretentious and annoying. <laughs> yeah. Especially if their intention is to become an avant-garde artist. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, you just sort of are weird. And that's, mm-hmm. people will say, oh, you're trying to be weird or you're doing that. Like, no, I'm just naturally like this. <laughs> I'm just naturally like this. Yeah, exactly. I think. And it's... unless someone can capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Mm. unless someone can sell your you know warhol prints for goodness sake warhol went i'm gonna take something and just reprint it in different colors and it's going to be a critique of consumerism and pop culture Mm. and people were like that's not art it obviously is because he thought you guys are just seeing the same thing over and over again in different ways and you're going to continue seeing over and over again in different ways and then you're going to buy this thing that i say is consumerist and turn that into a different thing it's self-perpetuating consumerism it's brilliant right yeah um, and they just, at, at the beginning, people like, they didn't get it. You're just reprinting mm-hmm. shit. It's not art. Obviously it is. It is. Yeah. Um, and that's, what's interesting. And I'd say even in the terms of expressing yourself, one of the reasons that articles like the one that we were discussing bothered me is because there is very little point of view other than the fact that, well, this is all done for money. Yeah. What a cynical and wrong-headed perspective, especially since the majority of the time, neurodivergents are getting very little of the money that they earn, have trouble, as you were saying, figuring out you as an actor, getting the auditions or the roles they want. Exactly. And similar to your slate in whatever experience, um, I try to do good like applications and things, but I really have difficulty with them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
because they ask for certain things that I can do, but I get bored with quickly and I will make myself do them and I can do them, but it might not be as good as someone who can just do all of them without thinking. Whereas yeah. if you meet me, I, if someone meets with me, I almost always get the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they just read my application, they'll be like, this person doesn't have enough experience in an actual company. They've been freelancing for most of their life. Or they've done like a few months here, a few months there. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) But that's without meeting. Most companies look at me and they go, yeah, we can't exploit you as well just because we'd like to, really. There is a lot about that, you know. It's not just that, but that's kind of... I actually have an axe to grind with this, but I... So it's slightly yeah. biased, but there's a bit of that objectively when I watch other people as well. You know, yeah. so I, no, I you're not that. just going to blindly do this, are you? And yet they have um, meetings in like business and econ classes about how to think outside the box. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. I I was one, I was at one of those meetings at at one point. I was in university and they were doing like an what is the investors or like uh, not inventors the, there was a specific word for people that um, like Kickstarter sort of people mm. you have to think of a, a disruptor that's what they were they were disruptors oh goodness I hate that term um, <laughs> they're like what is a system that doesn't really work you have to think about it and I'm just like you're training people to do this Mm. <laughs> you have a whole mm. legion of people in the world who are so ready to do yeah, this, but of course they're not gonna. Thing is, they're not gonna stop when you want them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Instead of going, okay, so you have to think this way so that we can profit off of it. Then it's okay. Then it's okay. Yeah. Then it's fine. Mm-hmm. But you also have to do exactly what we want you to do. Yeah, it's it's to their molds, like to their. And listen, we have some, sometimes neurodivergence have terrible ideas too, fine. Like, there's yeah. lots of stupid ideas that I've had, right? Yeah, me too, yeah. And there's rules in, in certain businesses and institutions for a reason. However, not being able to question those without being made a threat or being instantly told, um, I mean, within reason. This is mm-hmm. the thing people say, what if you said, you know, no women were allowed back in school and, like, that's the Taliban and that's ridiculous. Um, you know, it's not those kinds of rules. It's saying, well... Perhaps if this person is what is it that we could change, would that benefit everyone? But that's going to take too much money. It's going to be too much paperwork. It's going to be too much this. It's going to be too much that. How dare you bring that up already? That's where it gets a bit difficult. Yeah. And yet you still have these classes where people are being taught to think outside the box, which I just find so funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Because <laughs> it's, it's only when it's like, it's outside the box to a degree. There was no box. There was, there was never a box. Yeah. <laughs> no, you created the box. You created the box. Yeah. You can uncreate the box. You can uncreate the box. Yeah. Just uncre- Just break the box. Like, why? <laughs> Don't have the box. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's societal institutions that reinforce the box, and that is very difficult. But for the mm-hmm. most part, we invent the box. Yeah. Um. But it's, it was like, there was a, we had philosophy in high school. It was like theory of knowledge. And our teacher said, um, write an essay convincing me that this chair doesn't exist. And I wrote something down and I left and he, after like two minutes. <laughs> and I, I love writing, right? And mm-hmm. I, I won that class, mm-hmm. essentially, the prize of the class. And my essay was, what chair? What chair? 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, what chair? Yeah. He was like, oh, that's a good point. What is the chair? What is the chair? Yeah. No, it really no. silly. It was a very exercise, but I would just like this is the easiest thing I've ever done. Yeah. No, I I think I would probably do well in that class too. Yeah, and so there's, so the end for this journalist to decide, this is what I'm gonna do. And it, it's basically clickbait mm -hmm. because ADHD is now trendy. Yeah. It's trendy yeah. to make money for people that it's writing about. It's not really trendy for us. <laughs> no. We still get discriminated against, yeah. um, have our needs belittled, um, are gaslit, are told that yes. we're not doing enough, that we can't have certain jobs, mm -hmm. there are accommodations made in workplaces for us, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, since the word is trendy, we get benefits from it. Since when? Since Can when? someone please tell I'd me since I'd love to know what all these benefits... Yeah, this guy, like the article Where I saw... Where are my benefits, please? Yeah. <laughs> um, in Brazil, the, the article about... Um, I think in this, he was talking about a supposed hype trend around autism. And he's talking about, like, autistics getting hired um, at higher rates now because of the trend or whatever. And I'm like, oh, where? I'd love to see this information yeah, where they is are, this... great yeah They're great good at the job <laughs> yeah because we we haven't been you know hired proportionally for ages and i feel like that is still the case in, or in... they have been in, or they've like there's a lot of people who are physicists or engineers mm -hmm. are stereotypical but my yeah. father is a physicist was studied physics in the soviet union and he went to a physics specific school and when I talked to him, he's like, yeah, most of the people there were neurodivergent. Like, they did not mm -hmm. talk to people. So they just isolated themselves. Yeah. Right? yeah. He had a guy that he sat to next to in class for years. And one day, this this kid, like, just, I mean, I think I, I think they were in, like, high school by this point, um, just took, like, scissors and stabbed him in my father's hand. Oh my father raised his other hand and was, like, talking. The teacher was, like, at the board or something. Like, can I go home? The teacher was, like, yeah, go ahead. He went home, got his hand stitched up, came back. When he asked this guy why, he said, I wanted to know what would happen. And my dad was sort of, like, weird way to put it, but I get it. Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> thankfully, this man is now somewhere, like, in a lab in Antarctica or something where he can't harm anyone, mm. right? <laughs> but that my dad wasn't necessarily upset about it. He was just, like, yeah, that's a weird way to go to figure out that question. Yeah. But, but hypothetically, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Um, so you get people that create smaller circles like that. And then in that way, um, they become less neurotypical friendly spaces, which is not okay either. There needs to be a balance of things. You yeah. can't have all these other people, like in this example, just stabbing each other with scissors and saying it's okay. Right? Sure. Like you need one person mm -hmm. there who's like, so there are probably other ways to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you should ask the person first for consent, whether they are okay with you stabbing them in the yes. head with a pair of them before <laughs> Like, instead of going, question, theory, process, conclusion. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, no, yeah. There needs to be a balance. And maybe, instead you get, yeah. you know, we could be learning so much more from each other. True, true. And that's, um, ultimately, that's what I hope is that, um, especially with this podcast, is that, neurotypicals can understand us more and not making a thing because we're not really making it a thing about like being anti neurotypical but no 
if anything, we're anti the things that bother nerds. We're anti the things. Yeah, it's just like we we're anti this whole this whole like miscommunication that's been going on for so long, and it's like because. So that's my cat in the background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my cat was around here too, but she went. He's upset. upset. He's not allowed in the yeah. room. So. Oh no. Um. Yeah. Um. Anyways, it's. It's just like this miscommunication, and then it also feels like we've had to put, like, neurodivergent people have had to put a lot of the effort in to understanding neurotypicals, and but it's just really because, because there's so we no... we want to, that's the thing, is a lot of us want to. Because we want to, yeah, but it's like... That's, that's, that's what people miss, it's not like, oh, we hate understanding. No, we need to understand <laughs> Especially since some of the things you guys are doing aren't helpful mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. So we just want, like, like some of that reciprocated as well. It's like what I told you in the, in the other last podcast I was on with you on. When people, I didn't understand when I was younger. Like, I there's unhelpful things that I do and don't understand. And I try not to do them. But because I have ADHD, sometimes I just do them by mistake, which happens to everyone. But it's bound to happen. Yeah. Not because I'm thoughtless, but because... Dopamine. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. Impulse control can be difficult. Yeah. And I think um, it's, it's so also watching good, other yeah. people, for example, know they're doing the wrong thing, have the chance to stop doing the wrong thing, and keep doing the wrong thing just because, like, why? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do it by accident, and people are going to mm -hmm. be upset at me anyway. Why are you doing it on purpose? Which would be a really interesting question. Maybe there'd be like a middle ground there on how we mm -hmm. actually think as people, but instead, no. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And in journalism, it's, it's similar. There's a lot of a reason I like journalism is very similar ways that or writing about things and explaining them to other people in a not completely academic way mm -hmm. um, <laughs> is. Very much, it's a project. It's something I can be really interested in and try and figure out, and usually care about, or find something to care about in the subject. Yeah. And discuss something that might be obvious to everyone else. In which case, then that can become a point of discussion, <laughs> or learn something about something. And you know, instead of fear mongering, mm -hmm. like I don't think someone would listen to us talk about neurotypicals and be like, they hate them. Yeah, I we hope not. We are occasionally by certain behaviors that you guys reinforce, but we don't hate you. We actually quite like you. We're just confused. Yeah, we're just confused. <laughs> That's really the point. Like, because I've noticed, like, I don't know, like, I'll do episodes sometimes, and then like I'll listen to them again, and I get a little worried because it's like if I like I I use my acting skills or whatever, yeah. like if I put myself in the body of a neurotypical or at least try. Which is hard because I've never been neurotypical. Um, like, do, does this person hate me? Yeah, it just feels like I don't want it to come. I get nervous because I'm like I don't want it to come across as like oh I'm making this a thing like anti neurotypicals, but well, it's anti certain institutions that unfortunately neurotypicals buy into that help. No. Yeah, and it's not even more of a system issue. Yeah, it's a system issue, and it's like I'm not saying it's like. I'm not even saying that they do these things intentionally. They're not even, yeah. most of the time, they're not even aware. that. And I'm yeah, just, goodness knows, we have that issue, and yet we're told we do it intentionally. We know what it feels to be. Yeah, oh my God, because we're constantly... Or told that like, you did this on purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. We're not trying to do that to you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this, to this poor person that I may have 
and have definitely kind of and, and kind of miffed that even though I don't know him. Um, hope he's never going to listen to this. If he does, very unlikely. Hopefully, he can see it from that perspective. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I feel upset about it. Do I know he's a person make complete judgments about you? Not really. I I have pattern recognized that this is probably where your article's coming from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's more just frustration. We care. We want to know. Yeah, we want to know, but sometimes it's just like. We don't know, we can't, like, we don't understand, and people don't really explain to us. People expect, people don't understand that we don't get it. They think... Well, and I, I don't know, because I'm not autistic. I just have a DADHD. Um, a lot of the times, speaking of myself, I do know. Mm-hmm. I just decide that it is not important to me. Mm-hmm. And that angers people. Yeah, true. I mean, I feel I'm like... I'm not talking about, like, huge... Um, like ethical faux pas. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about talking about things other people might not want to talk about at certain points, or not letting things slide when yeah. someone makes it like a like even in a polite way, someone makes a comment about what I'm wearing or the way I look. I've had a history with an eating disorder. You know, I'll, I'll I'll politely tell them like, listen, I I I prefer like I thank you, but either like if someone cat called me like thanks, I have a mirror, cheers, or <laughs> yeah, like um I I appreciate you know if I know them well enough, sometimes I just do it, just let it slide. But if it's someone I'm working with or someone I have to see a lot, or I can see them doing it to other people, I'm like, listen, um I appreciate what you're trying to say, but just. You know, um, I try not to think about what I look like all the time. Yeah. Because I, I personally feel like there's things that are more important than oh, the yeah. fact that I have long legs. Very, very I might say it in a might, I might say it in a slightly nicer way than that, but mm-hmm. you know, and people won't like that. But with them, like I mean, I mean, in the future, I would appreciate not someone not doing that. And I don't even have to disclose that I'm eating mm-hmm. disorder. I shouldn't have to. No. I should just be able to say like. Um, thanks. I prefer you just not comment on my body, though. But I appreciate it in this one instance. Yeah. People are like, "That's not appropriate for you to say." You're starting fights. You're doing this. I'm like, no. No, you're <laughs> just standing up for yourself. I think. You know. I'm saying thank you. Yeah. Um, like, so I can't comment on the way you look at all. No, you can. You can say I, I look joyful or that I look, you know, like bright or like I got sleep. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> saying like, "Oh, you've lost weight." I don't care. You yeah. can ask me, oh, you look sick. If, if I don't, if I look sick, then say, oh, are you okay? Mm-hmm. But if you don't know, like this is, yeah. it's none of your business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, I, I have a, another question for you. This maybe not, Maybe not as related as to what we were talking about. I um, think some of what we were, a lot of what we were talking about was not related, but we made it. Yeah, we made it happen. <laughs> um, so, if there were uh, a new name for ADHD that didn't have the words deficit and disorder in there, what would you, what would be one name that you might um, consider? The words regulation and attention would be in there. Yeah. Um, there is, so I had said, there's um, a wonderful TikTok creator named Connor, Connor DeWolf, who's 
gone quite famous. This is maybe like a year and a half, two years ago. He decided, said on the internet, we should call it Dave, which stands for Dopamine Attention Variability Executive Dysfunction. So, oh, Dave. Um, (laughs) Now, it still says executive dysfunction, and I do kind of, it's hard because it is executive dysfunction. Yeah. ADHD, I mean, it's hard because it is, I don't, I don't know if it's... You could call it functioning differences, maybe? It's functioning differences, but also Mm -hmm. in the world that we currently live in, it is technically a disability. Yeah, but because of the world we live in, yeah. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like people like, any superpower. I'm like, well, sometimes mm-hmm. it makes me very good at certain things. In which case, sure, you can say it's called a superpower. I don't like that wording. I'd mm-hmm. say I'm primed to do certain things very well. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. Certain <laughs> with, things. With much yeah. effort behind the scenes to make sure that I'm mm-hmm. in a situation where I can excel and use my ADHD to my benefit. Yeah. But all of that work in order to do that is exhausting. Yes. And often comes with a lot of energy draining situations and mistakes and actual dysfunction. I'll be thinking about something and almost walk into a car. Like that's, that's definitely a disability. No. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think almost walking into traffic counts as a superpower. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I don't have an actual name for it. I'll have to think and then I'll, you know, I'll send it to you. Cool. But it would have something to do with either like dopamine variability yeah. or attention regulation because it's not lack yeah. of attention ADHD. It's attention a, a difference in regulating attention. Yeah. It could be drat. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's difference really in regulating attention. Yeah, it's that's that's a a, a fascinating um, concept though. Like, right, um, calling it right. Re- because really, it makes a lot of sense, and it's it's such a it's that's just, the dopamine effects, right? Is the way your brain manages and regulates the way you take in information at what speed, at what process, and when, which changes constantly. Yeah, there's times where I'm super super fast, too fast, which is usually when people think I'm interrupting them, and I am, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear pauses when people are breathing. To me, it sounds longer than it actually is. Yeah. And then there's times where I can't seem to get the word that I want out mm-hmm. of my own head. And I don't always know which it's going to be. Yeah. But people expect you to perform consistently. True. Which is not fair to anyone. It's Everyone is very yeah, You know, even if you're neurotypical, you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be tired one day. You're going to be sick one day, you know. Yeah. That's the other issue with capitalist culture is it, it's expecting you to be a robot. True, true, yeah. And yeah. the fact that, Very say, much. you know, we're a trend or we're going to make money mm-hmm. or somehow be successful because we don't fall into that category is, I wish it were true, but unfortunately it's hurtful. Yeah, it because is. Because it's so untrue. It's very untrue. <laughs> we're penalized for it. So to read, yeah. oh, by the way, we're just a trend, either we don't exist or we're somehow making money or benefiting off of this is so far from the truth. Yeah, very much so. That's why and we're probably just struggling yeah. to read the actual article because we already have a feeling of what it actually is. Yeah, already we already it. know. It's like a lot of times by the title, by like by the. Like the I'm assuming things. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I know, but I'll read it. Was I? But I'll still read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, it's just you know That's what you're getting into. I'm not- <laughs> 
Sometimes I, I'm not I gonna look at it and go, oh, it's fake. I'll go, I've noticed that this is probably unhelpful. However, for the purposes of the podcast I'm going to do, I will read mm-hmm. it through or at least skim it and mm-hmm. make notes rather than assume I know what this person is going to say. Yeah. Because I'm a thoughtful human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's just like, it's got to be like, I'll, sometimes I'll look at something and I'll be like, oh, okay, I have to read this later. Because I'm like, yeah. if I'm not, sometimes I'm not even in the mental state. Yeah, for like, us, you're not interested. No, no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> that whole, like, assuming, right? Yeah, it's like, well, I'm just getting the vibe. And, you know, sometimes it's not always exactly when I think it's going to be. But a lot no. of times I... I get the vibe. I'm like, okay, I have a strong feeling of what this is going to be. So again, it's the noticing. It's the difference between what we're saying and what conspiracy theorists say or what people who are making connections like the internet causes ADHD say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, which is saying, oh, I have, I, my brain has picked up on some pattern. Something is connected. Great. Not the thing. Don't ignore the thing. Keep it in mind. Don't let it filter out everything that you see, because then you'll just start picking out information that only applies to your theory. Um, but there's a reason that your brain will do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's about questioning why that is. And again, that article could have done that and gone to many different directions the way I said earlier. So many more interesting things to pick up on. And there is some, like, some weirdness that this journalist is picking up on that it is now a trend. That in its in and of itself, the way, like, on, on mm-hmm. social media, it's quote-unquote trending, mm-hmm. <laughs> to use those terms, right? It's And what makes things trend is that there's an interest in them, yeah. someone is profiting off of it, and people are discussing it. Mm-hmm. But the people profiting aren't necessarily the people that are, like... No. Yeah. But he writes it, so why is there this interest? And sometimes, and there's a feedback loop of people are paying in order to have this on the subject actually talked about in order to make more money. Yes, that is a concern. Is that what's happening, though? Also an interesting article. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Instead of just saying this is a problem for NHS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, anyways, uh, I wanted to... um, just uh, ask if, uh, oh man, I'm getting, now my brain is just kind of. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess um, I just wanted to open it up to you if you have any, uh, any other, you know, uh, closing thoughts for, for this, um, this episode, I pretty much covered everything I, I wanted to, to ask you about, but yeah. if you wanted to um, ask me anything or if you wanted to just uh, talk about um, anything else to, to close us off. Um, well, also, I want to know, do you have an acronym for ADHD? So, I've been thinking about it. Um, I think... Um, well, there was one that I saw recently that someone else had come up with, um, which was, it was just basically taking out the Ds, and it was, but I don't think it was com- really complete, because it was saying attention to hyperactivity, but... I mean, that's, attention variability 
is, is, is close, Attention right? Variability it's, it's not necessarily perhaps, hyperactivity. Hyperactivity in that sense is a... What they mean is it changes in different ways. Yeah, yeah, it changes in different ways, and it's like depending on what you're engaged in and what your level of interest is in in that. Because I feel like uh, I think the text, I think we're getting somewhere with attention variability, something, something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that it's like I don't know. It would take a lot of thinking, but I like the the Dave acronym. Um, mm. Yeah, Connor DeWolf, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Has a lot of things on ADHD on TikTok. Yeah. One of the original, I think, ADHD TikToker oh. people. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, yeah, because I think... I just don't like, like, you know, uh, same with autism, like, deficit and disorder. I, I feel like it's uh, it's very one-sided terminology because it's thinking of it from a non-autistic uh, uh, or non-ADHD view. Um, well, what it's doing, and it's, I think it's a good way to finish this podcast, probably, because it ties everything yeah. up, is it's describing the things that systems, that ableist, our ableist systems find frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's saying, these are the things that annoy us. True. And they're not even properly describing them. They're not properly describing them. <laughs> it's not even a full description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, you know, again, maybe there is a point and there are certain things I do that are annoying to people. And some of it is because I have ADHD, but I wouldn't want to be described by those only like characteristics because there's much more to me and more to my ADHD than just being hyper and active and having occasionally walking into traffic. Like there's, it's obviously not Mm -hmm. all I do (laughs) and it's not all that ADHD does. Yeah. Same way, just because ADHD might be a trend doesn't mean all it's doing is sucking the life force out of the, like, the um, UK health system. Mm -hmm. That's a really reductive thing to write. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, more nuanced people. (laughs) Yeah, more nuanced, please. Um, (laughs) Please. (laughs) Wow. So, uh, well, this was another great episode. Um, Thank you again for coming on and sharing your um take you know especially like as someone that works in the journalism okay, field <laughs> um and yeah so uh thank you, you know, for having me yeah of course uh thank you everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and i'll see you next time